talking about tearing down and building up your website, which is often your main digital business asset, has been the topic here for the last few weeks. It doesn't matter if you're just starting out with your site or if you're evolving. This digital business tool is well worth paying attention to. I'm Sue Ann, and you're listening to the Mix, Sizzle, and Shake Your Business broadcast podcast. And I appreciate you tuning in for conversations about everything business and content. Today's ongoing topic is a perfect example where both of my favorite subjects, business and content, come together and in a big way, namely on your website. So, how are you coming so far on your new or updated Cornerstone content pages? Have you worked on honing your core message with powerful words, compelling copy, and clarity? Did you select appropriate pillar topics to reflect your business well while engaging with your target audience in a meaningful way? In other words, are you concentrating on the user experience you are bringing via your digital properties? Hopefully, you're doing your very best to step away from what you know about your business, your product, or your services, and are trying to get in the mind of your visitors. If you want to dig deeper into the human motivations and behaviors, listen to the previous episodes where I talk about it and break down some of the ideas behind UK Child's Octalysis Framework. In fact, if you need more info on any of what I just mentioned, Go check out all the episodes, which I believe since the latest Anchor app update, which is where I record this, to the 3.0, it should be easier than ever for you to do so. If you need any help or have any questions, please just let me know. Now, back to your website. Beyond discussing and assessing an overall communication strategy to amplify your business, particularly digitally, we drilled down on how to put together a tight homepage using a punch list based on advice in Donald Miller's new book. Don is the main guide over there at StoryBrand, and in the book he emphasizes taking a concise, clear, and consistent approach in creating a compelling message your audience wants to hear. Incidentally, this principle applies to all your website content, as well as to your other business and marketing communications and materials. I'm sure I'll be sharing and talking more about ideas from Don's book later on in the podcast. But Back to websites for now. Because your homepage is so vitally important, I covered it first. Then, before looking harder at any other site pages or content, I felt like knowing about pillar, cornerstone, and evergreen content, and even categories, were not only important to understand, but in truth are something that really wasn't quite clear to me starting out. See, your, your site's anchor content is so immensely significant. In fact, it's the secret ingredient everyone seems to leave out. Like when a chef offers his best uh, recipe, but somehow you can't quite replicate it because there's something key 
maybe it's tiny. Like, it's not a typical ingredient, maybe, that most people can get if you're not in the industry. Or maybe it's just a twist in a cooking style that you just can't read from the recipe itself. You know what I mean? But for a website presence... Um, for a web, I'm sorry, for a website presence, I truly believe that people like me at first just don't get it. They don't realize or understand or no one ever points out exactly how your site hierarchy, it's called, <laughs> works. Well, well, Yoast does. <laughs> you know, the Yoast SEO plugin, but especially at first, he's just over most business people's non-developer heads. So the thing is, Without a nice, solid, concrete site foundation, which these core content decisions and pages provide, you're just going to take all the longer to get traction, visibility, or traffic. This, dear listeners, is true. Gee, I hope I'm not losing you here by emphasizing all these things and going over some of the things we've already covered. I just think this is so important, and I want you to get the why along with the hows, I suppose. The other thing is I don't have to be quite as brief anymore because my podcasts, which are recorded on Anchor, now don't have a five-minimum-maximum episode. That's gone with this new update. So this may, I'm thinking change the way I present some topics in the future on the show. There's always something to think about in business and content. And this just proves how fast moving the digital and tech components go. And in a way, it's the same with your website. For the longest time, I was trying to figure out every single little thing for my site to be done, to be perfect, to think I finally fully knew what I'm doing and how to do it. And I would know all there is to know about WordPress, and it would be complete, done. A perfect piece of work. But now I know, and I'm letting you know, too, that that isn't the case at all. Your site will never be done. WordPress will never be done. And you're never, ever going to know how to do it all the way and be able to make your site do everything you want it to. Did I crush you right there? Am I crushed? Hell no! I'm going to keep rocking it on WordPress with freelance writing and with my site and with this podcast adventure. I'm going to keep sharing stuff to help you figure it out and do better and faster than I did. And I'm going to even give you those secret ingredients to help propel yourself and skyrocket your business onward and upward. So there. And now this episode really grew, didn't it? But your site and mine should be getting in better shape as we go. Your homepage should be improving, getting tighter with a user-centric design and with direct messaging when you clarify that message. You should have that page and a contact page, which I covered last episode, set up immediately. And importantly, you should be scrutinizing pillar topics and cornerstone content pages. Before moving on to the next pages for your site today, I want to cover a couple odds and ends site notes for you. Again, I'm throwing these topics at you in what seems like the middle of things, but the reason is simple. Mainly, I want you to be ahead of the game, more so than I was. 
so you won't have to go back or catch up later. And if you're working on your homepage or Cornerstone content pages, you want to take enough time to do them as best as possible. So they may take you a little extra time, a little bit of time and work at the beginning. In the meantime, you can think about these next couple of tips and tricks to add to your web planning and maintenance notes so you won't have extra work or surprises later on. Okay, so today I want to talk about your footer and what you might want to put in there and what you might not want to put in there, okay? Um, for this, I'm going to rely on some notes from Andy Crestadina from Orbit Media Studios in Chicago because Andy always takes an analytical spin when he covers a web design topic. And since Andy is so good at it, we can use his work as a template for our consideration. Andy says a few things that might surprise you. I'm just giving you a warning there, okay? <laughs> okay, so website footer design best practices. The purpose, says Andy, of a website footer is to help visitors by adding information and navigation options at the bottom of web pages. Now, here's what Andy says next in this post, which <laughs> personally I love because it's what I've been telling you all along. Your website footer design and what you choose to include has two intentions, just like everything else I've talked about with you, helping visitors plus meeting business goals. So Andy and I are definitely in agreement. Um, the footers are very visible. And that's the first thing he puts, points out. He says, how important are they? They're pretty important, and he'll give you proof of that in the article. I'm not going to get into a lot of stuff because this is a huge article, but for now, today, I'm going to talk about the first thing on the list, and I'm going to give you the 26 other things he mentions. And then in the next episode, we can go a little bit deeper on finishing off the conversation about footers and looking at a couple other site notes. Sound good? Okay. So the first thing that should go, definitely go, in your footer, and he says, and he says it this way, if your footer had just white, one element, one thing and one thing only, this might be it. So pay attention, okay? You need to have, I have it and you should have it, the year and the copyright symbol. He said, this is easy protection against website plagiarism. So it's really important that you have your copyright symbol and year in your footer. Make sure that you do. I see some pages that don't have any dates, which I think is bad because you, I think it's proof to people that you've been there um, or that you're current. It, so a lot of sites have just the current year and some have their total years that it's been on. Whichever way you do it, you want to have the current year at least. And you don't want to forget to update to the current year um, at all every year. So he says there's a code you can put in to do that automatically. I don't know how to do it, but one way or another, get it done. Because you do want to have people feel like, and that's the other point, besides stressing that you don't want plagiarized and that you have 
copyrighted material that is your own unique and, and um, original work that you don't want people to steal. Besides that, you want to send a signal to visitors that you're legitimate. And I think that's the other thing that the copyright symbol does. And that you're legitimate because you're current. So the current address means that you're current now. Um, I see some sites that, you know, maybe they're still current. They've been operating since 2002. But the only date on that footer is that 2002 date, and your first thought is, are they current? So I suggest that you use a copyright, and Andy Crestodonia, a smarter man than me, suggests that you use that copyright and date as one and only for sure element in the footer. The other 26 are these. You can have a site map. You can have a privacy policy. You can have terms of use. And he mentions, and I'll throw this in real quick, that terms of use is a little bit different, and it usually applies to highly regulated industries. My example for that would be if you're in banking or finance. Those are highly regulated, insurance, um, those kind of things. You have to have sometimes the terms of use to, for legal text for regulations. Uh, then he talks about a contact, uh, in other words, a link to your contact page, which we talked about in the last episode, the contact page. Then he talks about uh, address and link to a map or directions, especially if you're in a local market and you're trying to, uh, I think, draw local customers. I think that applies mostly with that case. He talks about a phone or a fax number that you could have in there. And um, he even tells you about, you know, if you're going to use a phone number, make it so that it's a tap to dial type of thing, not just something to read. Um, you can have navigation in there. And he said that by putting navigation in there, you might rescue some falling visitors. If they've made it to the bottom of the page and they didn't do anything yet, you may want to give them some options for links, in other words, some navigation, um, and direct it from your footer. You don't have to do your main navigation or your whole navigation, but you could do something to direct people forward into some content. Finally, he says, you should have your social icons down there. Um, he says, I don't really love them because when you put your social icons, you're sending people away from your site, and that's true. But um, he says the best place to add them is the footer as compared to the header. The header is definitely not where you want to put your social media icons because that takes them right away from your site. And once they go to Facebook or YouTube or Twitter, you lose them over there. So that's why he says his designers almost never put social icons in headers. But the footer is the best place to add those icons and that scoop visitors over to social networks from there. That's better than losing them. They'll connect with you further at least. He says also 72% of websites have their social media icons in the footer, if that makes you feel a little better about putting them there. You can do it with social media widgets, which is number 10 on the list. Um, he talks about an email sign-up down there in the footer for subscriptions. 
he says on here that 24% of top marketing sites have that sign-up box in their footer. Login can be in the footer if you have a membership site or for employees or affiliates or whatever. Uh, press, you can put press, your latest press in the footer. You can put site search tools in the footer. You can even put images in the footer. You can add some personality, he says, when you add that image to that footer, if you like. You can put a mini gallery in there, and that might particularly, particularly work well if you're in a creative industry. He shows an example of a sound studio for the mini gallery. You can have branding in your footer. It might just be some kind of branding image to a logo or a version of a logo or some other. It can be, you know, the logo or a branding symbol that clicks elsewhere. But you can get that branding in your footer if you like. You can put your mission and values, a little statement, our mission, as you'll see sometimes in a footer if you like. Uh, you can put keywords or a search engine thing in your footer to optimize it. Awards and certificates in the footer for social proof is an idea of things you can put in the uh, footer like certifications or awards or and if you want to put their logos in there that's a little bit of visual with it. Um, security certificates for e-commerce sites to prove you're safe is an example there. He also says you can mention association memberships in a footer. Uh, again, this can be do, done through um, logos, if you like. Um, you can put testimonials, if you want, a few words in that footer. You can put your latest articles in the footer, recent blog posts, something like that, if you like. Upcoming events can be in your footer. That might be a good place to give a you know little blurb or a, a little promotion piece for an upcoming event. And you can even have a video, he says, with a welcome message in your footer. You can have audio in your footer. And in your footer, our final thing that he mentions is you can have one last call to action. And, of course, as we've talked about before, Every page and every marketing page in particular should have a call to action. So what you want to do is have a CTA, a button for an action in your footer. Now, those are the 27 things. We'll talk about them a little bit deeper on the next episode that Andy mentions. And there's a couple other things, too, that I want to say, um, which he does touch on in his post also. But you should be thinking about color schemes with your footer and, you know, your images and your design. Um, it should work with your site. You can think about having a sticky footer where it moves to wherever. Um, and there's some cases where he said there's no footer at all. There's just an infinite page that goes on and on and on. And I think he suggests that uh, ESPN is an example that does not have a footer. But I think for most of us, you do need a footer. 
Um, and you want to think about your not only what you're going to include on the, your footer, but how that footer inclusion will be part of your design. Okay? So it's not just throwing the crap in there. It's designing the, those footer items with intention for the things that will do the best to showcase you and to promote your business and to keep your visitors with you in one way or another moving forward and getting to know you, like you, and trust you and stay on your site or connect with you or follow through with your call to action. So the footer's got a lot of job, a lot of jobs to do for a teeny tiny spot on the bottom of each page. I hope this was helpful. I want you to go out there and mix sizzle and shake up your footer work so that it's the best that it can be. And we'll talk in more detail about the footer and some more site notes for you on the next Mix, Sizzle, and Shake, your business. Thanks. I'm signing off. It's Sue Ann. Have a great week, great day, great weekend, great night. Bye.